0: I just want to start today by saying you can be exceptional. That's right. I believe that God's plan for your life is the best plan. And if you will follow him and you'll desire God's ways, what will happen is this. You will live an exceptional life that things will go exceptional for you. But that is not going to be easy. This is Pastor Doyle from The Church Next Door. And this is your next step. And we're going to take the next step couple weeks. That's right. We're going to spend a couple weeks on what it means to be exceptional. Now, think about this. When you go to the movies and you watch a movie, what makes the hero the hero is that they're exceptional. They go the extra mile. They are committed to the process. So I want to know, are you committed to sticking with me for the next couple weeks? Are you going to invite some friends and say, hey, I want you to be exceptional Join me in listening to the Your Next Step podcast. Give them the link. Share it today. Copy and paste yournextstepnow.com. Send it to them and say, hey, we're starting something exceptional. I want you to be a part of it. This could be fun to do this together. We're going to unpack God's Word and His way to an exceptional life. I believe that you can do this, and we're going to do it together. I, I can tell you from my experience that God's way is the best way. It's exceptional. say hello to an exceptional life. I want to talk to you for a second about why is that? Why is that important? Well, the reason is this. The reason you and I love watching love stories. I know some of you guys are like, oh no. Ladies, it's the guy on the white horse, right? It's the hero that rides in. Guys, why do you love Westerns? It's the hero. Tom Cruise has made a a boatload of cash of doing the right thing at the right time in the movies, right? It's, it's, a, listen, one of my favorite Westerns is John Wayne and the Cowboys. He takes a group of young men, boys, and he, he teaches them how to work hard, to work together, to keep one another's back, to watch after one another, and, and to get up and hit it every day, right? And then The big scene in the movie is when he actually gives his life for those boys, protecting them. See, that's a God principle in relationships. Greater love hath no one than this, and they lay down their life for another. That's what we want to look at this next few weeks is... What does it take to be an exceptional person? And I believe with God's help, everyone in this place can live an exceptional life and have exceptional relationships. If you would open up your worship folders, pull out your notes. If you got your phones, I looked on mine earlier. It's there. The notes are there. If you want to follow along on your phone, on our app, look at this first verse. It's from Romans chapter 12, verse two. Paul is speaking to the church. He says, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. What Paul says here is this. We don't need a self-help program. We need a relationship with God. He says, God is the one that will change the way you think if you allow him to. And what God's going to do is he's going to expose you to a worldly kind of thinking and his kind of thinking. And he's going to say choose my way. And so to begin with today, I want to give you just a practical example. I believe that these relationship principles that we're going to look at every week are good for your life, whether you're using them in your relationships at school, you're losing it at your relationships in work or in the community, or yes, in your home and in your marriage. But for the example I'm going to give you right now, this is kind of the worldly approach to love and relationships. Okay. So this is how the world looks at it. The worldly way is, number one, find the right person, fall in love, fix all your hopes and dreams on them. If failure occurs, repeat steps one, two, and three. (laughs) See, that's what the world says. So if it doesn't work out, kick them to the curb, we'll just start over. And see, the problem with that is is the damage it does to our lives. Now, if you apply that in the business world, what happens is, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna choose a career, I'm gonna head in this, I just think this is gonna be great for me, and then we head down that and we get there and we it's not as meaningful as we'd hoped for. Well, I'll just start over and throw that away. And see, now let's look at what God's way is. What's God's way for relationships? He says, number one, become the right person. The person I've designed you to be walk in love, no matter what job you have, what relationship you have, no matter where you go, always walk in in love. And then finally, fix all your hopes and dreams on God. If failure occurs, repeat steps one, two, and three. See, the goal is this. If you and I will lean into our relationship with God, he will help us to live according to his purposes he will change our thinking and it's about who we are in Christ Jesus and that's why this is so important that putting your hopes and dreams on in God that is foundation that is the key to commitment and if you are if your life is committed to God and his ways Everything else will flow out of that and your life will go well. You will have an exceptional life. I believe that. So what is exceptional commitment? What's it look like? I want to first was showing you what it doesn't look like in the life of Israel. In the book of Malachi, Malachi is the last book of the Hebrew Bible. All right. So if you wanted to find it, you go to the New Testament and go back one. All right. It's at the end of kind of the nation of Israel is in a very bad place. All right. Uh, the, the Jewish people have decided that they're going to be checkbox people. They're going to make a list of what, what are the good things that they need to do. And then every time they do them, they're just going to check those boxes off. Yep. I did that. I did that. I did that. But their heart really wasn't into it. You know what I'm saying? You, you, I know you would have never done this, all right? I know you would have never done C or D level kind of work in school. Yeah, I got that done. Getting it done. That was their attitude. And God was saying, you're missing the point. I want you to be in relationship with me. I want you to know my heart. I know your heart and I want to be one with you. That's God's desire, okay? So this is what happens. Look with me, if you will. Malachi chapter 2, verse 10, it says... Do we not all have one father? Did not one God create us? Why do we profane the covenant of our ancestors by being unfaithful to one another? So Malachi is looking at the people and he's saying, guys, don't you and I have the same father in heaven? Don't you and I have the same ancestry? We're all part of this family. And yet we're not kind to one another. We're unfaithful to our relationships with one another. What Malachi was trying to help the people see is this. Just because you've checked the box off that I went to temple, you've checked the box off that I brought an offering, he said, you didn't bring a real offering. You brought a damaged lamb. You brought God's secondary goods, you know, dented cans. You didn't give God your best. You gave him leftovers, not first fruits. He said, but more than that, you haven't loved your neighbor. Because, you see, our God relationship always calls us to be in a relationship with the world around us in a way that reflects His nature. Look at this. He says it's even showing up at home. He says, verse 15 Has not the one God made you? You belong to Him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. He said, God wants his people to be like him. He, God wants his people to show godly kind of character, the kind of love and commitment that would be faithful to their first love, not the third or fourth. You know what I'm saying? So what does, what does this exceptional kind of commitment look like? I'll give you an example, a real live example. In October, on the 15th of 2013, President Obama gave the Congressional Medal of Honor to Captain William Swenson. This young man was uh, in the army in Afghanistan in August of 2009, or excuse me, September of 2009. He was leading... A team of men up a valley into the mountains uh, right on the edge of the Pakistan border. Now, he was an officer that was put in the position of creating this nexus between Afghanis and the American military. And on this day, he was taking a few uh, tribal elders that he had already built a relationship with And a team of Afghani soldiers, some American soldiers, and they were headed up this valley to meet with some tribal leaders that they were going to make a connection with to build a coalition in this region near Pakistan, uh, the border in the mountains. They were up early that morning. It was six o'clock in the morning as they were headed up this valley when suddenly they got ambushed on three sides. Totally unexpected but as uh, the captain said, that's normal. We're in the military plans change. And he said, as we're going up this, 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 uh, this Valley, we start getting attacked on three sides immediately. He said, I called for air support. Nobody came. He said, that's okay. He was in the rear of his team. He, he makes his way to the middle of this entourage of people. And he, they're, they're fighting these guys off. When the next thing you know, the radio goes silent between four of his guys that are in the lead. He can't hear from these guys anymore. They're still calling for air support. A couple guys have been hit now. That The Afghanis have surrounded them. They think that they're about to make them surrender. Well, Captain Swenson goes in the direction of these guys that uh, are wanting them to surrender. And he pulls out a grenade and throws it right into the middle of them. It explodes and his guys rally because he hasn't been able to, to to communicate with all of them. Communications are down. They start fighting. They push these guys back. But yes, several guys get injured. So they call in for a chopper to land to help uh, evacuate some of these guys that have been hurt. One, one young guy, a sergeant, his name is Kenneth, has been hit in the neck. And, and Swenson goes to this guy. He's giving him uh, medical assistance. He stopped, he's trying to help uh, stop the flow of the blood. And um, they're calling in the chopper. And the chopper says, we don't know where to land. It's crazy down there. So Swenson, he, he reaches down. He's got a, a pocket on the side of his pants. He pulls out this bright orange okay, flag that's as big as his body, he grabs it, he holds it out, and he lays down on the ground. Now, you need to know something. He has just made a bright red target out of himself for the enemy. But it's okay. He's got to get this chopper down to save his guys. Next thing you know, the the chopper has landed. He's stuffing that in his bag. He's running to Sergeant Kenneth. He grabs him. He's helping him make it to the, the chopper. And the reason that we know this story is this. It just so happened on that day that the the two pilots of that chopper were both wearing GoPro cameras and they decided to hit on as they they took off for this mission. You can watch this mission. As he sets the sergeant in the the chopper, he leans over and he kisses him right here on the forehead. Taps him on the side of his cheek and says, I got to go. And he runs back out to grab some of the Afghani soldiers that have been hit in the fight and brings them to the chopper and they take off. What causes someone to do that? I wrote this in your notes. It says commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in left you. See, commitment is a decision, and that's God's way. God says, if you're going to follow me, you're going to follow me, and you're going to be all in, and God wants you and I to be faithful to the commitment, and he will enable you to do that, and that's what God has called us to. What's the test of commitment? In your notes, I gave you two two, uh, verses on this. The test of commitment is life. Jesus said this in 1 John 3, 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. See, the test of commitment is, is am I willing to to set down what's most important to me for somebody else? Example, you know, I'm watching the Indians beat up on the Cubs. And Jennifer needs my help on something really? That is not, that is not the example God wants us to have, is it? It's okay, dear. I'll be right there. Why? Because I've made a commitment to the relationship over myself. It's a change in thinking. Only God can bring that back. Look at this. This is John chapter 15, 12 through 14. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Step into the messes of people's lives. Give them hope and touch them with love. Greater love is no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. Listen, exceptional commitment means I'm going to love people and I'm going to step into their lives and I'm going I'm to do whatever it takes. Now be clear, I'm not inviting you to a codependent enabling relationship. If someone is doing something that is doing damage to their life or other people's lives, you got to know you're not helping them by feeding that source. And, and God doesn't want you to do that. You need his wisdom in that process. But what you do need to do is this. You need to say, Lord, my time, my life is yours. What do you want me to do? Because, see, God called us to love him and to love our neighbor as ourself. And that's why it's important to every relationship, because if you have that mindset on, it doesn't matter if you're at school, if you're at work, if you're at home with your family, or it's just the two of you. So did you know that God gave you actually a chemical biological trigger to help you be an exceptional person? That's part of the reason these, these soldiers can do this. The Part of the reason that, that, that you as a parent can do what you do for your children is God designed you for that. He gave you that ability. You've heard the stories, right? You've heard the story, you know, 16-year-old girl weighs 80 pounds, rips door off car to rescue baby, you know? You're like, that's freaky. Well, that's because she's not Supergirl, it's because... The, those, those hormones rush through your body. God has designed you and I with whatever we need for the life that we have. Look at this verse from Luke 6 31 says, do to others as you would have them do to you. God's not going to command you to help other people and to love other people if he's not going to give you the ability to do it. And he even goes so far as to design you with hormones that will kick in to help you. Let me, let me, let me give you another example, an example. This, this story is also from Afghanistan. This time it's, it's nighttime. It's 2002. It's August. And there's a group of special forces that have to make their way up into the the mountains. They've got air cover on this night. Two guys are flying these planes right here, A-10 Warthogs. These planes are kind of interesting planes. They're actually, they're kind of slow in one sense, and, and they're designed to fly low to give air cover. And, and, and the reason they go slow is so they can, they can shoot for a longer time, and then they can just jet off and, and, and curve at the right time. They're, they're an interesting plane. They're, they're kind of like a tank in the air all right well on this night 22 special forces are headed up this valley all right they're marching up this valley there's actually cloud cover on that night the two guys in the plane the 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 lead uh, pilot he goes by the call sign Johnny Bravo so he stands around like this you know what i'm saying well Johnny Bravo and his wingman are up in the air it's actually a beautiful night up there They can see the stars, they see the top of the the puffy clouds, it's beautiful. But because of that, it's extremely dark down below. And this team going up in the valley, yes, they have the cover of darkness, but they also have no way to see what's going on. It's a very difficult thing. There's another problem. In 2002, the A-10 Warthog did not yet have the ground-hugging radar systems that we have right now. So before Johnny left the base that night, he had to open up the maps and look at them and see where they were going. The only maps they had were made by the Russians when they were fighting the Taliban. They weren't the most reliable source in the world. They were old maps. But he looked at them. He got an idea (laughs) of this valley and what everything looked like. And they took off on that night. Now, the, the crew of 22 guys is marching up this valley in the darkness they know the Taliban are there and they they're, they're, they're headed up up there and there's kind of an uneasiness going on inside their gut. They're kind of concerned and Johnny fills it up above the clouds he says I'm going down to check on these guys. He drops down through the clouds as he hits that he kind of gets some turbulence all right And about the time he's dropping through the turbulence in the crowd, clouds, He hears the guys on the radio, Johnny, we need you now, now, we got to have you now under fire. Okay. He drops through the clouds into the darkness and it, the night is lit up with tracer fire coming from three different directions on his team. Johnny immediately, immediately grabs the, the trigger on the stick and pulls it to start shooting at these guys. But he knows what the valley is like, it's pitch black, and he knows he's headed for a mountain cliff, a sheer cliff ahead. He remembers his maps and he says, one one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand, pulls back the yoke and pulls up right before he hits the cliff. Goes up into the clouds, pulls back around, comes back down, pulls the trigger, one one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand. Back, goes back up. He hears a radio from down below. That's good, that's good. Do it again, do it again. Comes back around, comes down into the valley. Pulls the trigger, one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000. He pulls up. That was the end of his ammo. Comes up through the clouds and they say, can you do it again? He pulls along his wingman. He says, listen, man, we need you to go down there. I'm going to lead you. They both pull back down through the clouds. All right. Now this time, Johnny knows he got to do this just right, baby. His wingman, his wing is just three foot from Johnny's wing. They pull down there. But you got to realize something. Johnny's now a target. He's a target. These guys are shooting tracer fire towards him and he has nothing to shoot back. His buddy pulls the trigger on the plane and he hears Johnny next to him going, one 1,000, two 1,000, three 1,000, pull up. They pull up. They do it three more times and they they enable that team to go home safely that night. Missed part of the show today and wanna hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to your next step on all major podcasting platforms. When we gather together like this every day, I think it's really important that we we think about how are we inviting God into this situation. So every day, I want to take a little bit of a moment to pray, to ask God to move in our world. So right now, let's just bow our heads together and let's pray. You know, the Bible says so many times, be strong and courageous. So today, we're going to pray for that. We're going to pray for courage and obedience to God. Lord, today, we want to be like Joshua. You looked at Joshua as he stood on the, the land next to the Jordan River, and you said, Joshua, I need you to lead, and I need you to be strong and courageous. I need you to be obedient, Joshua. I need you to lead these people into the land. So today, we declare that we wanna be leaders. We wanna be strong and courageous, Lord. We wanna be able to lead our families and lead our businesses and and lead our lives in a way that other people will know the promises of God, that they will know that you are faithful, that you are just, that you are a holy God, that you are a kind God. Lord, we're praying that you will give us the courage to speak the truth. Lord, that you will give us the obedience to your word. Lord, may we not shrink back from doing good, But may we have the energy to do more than we ever imagined or asked. Lord, begin to ask us to do things for you the way you have the disciples. You ask Peter to feed the sheep. Lord, help us to be like Peter. Help us to have courage to admit that we have doubted you in the past, that we have denied you in the past. Lord, give us courage to admit our weaknesses to those that are around us. Help us to be like Peter. Paul, who said, in my weakness, you are strong. Help us to be like Lydia, who who gave her home to you, Lord. She had the courage to turn her business of, of making purple cloth into a place of prayer. Lord, she gave her home. She gave her life to you. What courage it took. Lord, we've been holding back. Forgive us. Today, we choose to be obedient. You are worthy. You are our Lord, and it is in your name we pray, Jesus. Wow, that was so good. Didn't you enjoy that prayer? Well, Would you like more help learning to pray? Then go to yournextstepnow.com. That's right, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email, and we'll give you our free prayer guide. It's an ebook; You can download it. You'll have it right there. And you can join us daily as we learn to pray. We ask God for great things. You know, it will change your life to pray daily. And we need your help. We need your support, your prayer support. So give us your email today at yournextstepnow.com. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at The Church Next Door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step.
1: I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed.
0: And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well. Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org.
1: Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook, that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text one 38 story one 38 story Or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R, media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit WesslerMedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-media.com.